0: It takes a bit of a blend of art and science to get baking just right. And having extra eyes, ears, and hands can make a big difference along the way. That's where AB Maori North America comes into play. We are the team behind industrial and artisan bakers that help optimize success. We'll discuss more on this episode of The Oven Light. So let's get going. Flip the switch. Welcome, everybody, to The Oven Light. I'm your host, Rick Olshak. Today, we've got a trio of guests for you. We've got a couple from AB Maori North America. We've got Dana Dewey. We'll tell you more about her. We also have Nicole Reese, our first three-time guest on The Oven Light. And then we have a newcomer, Teresa Watkinson. You may know her from Aladdin Bakeries up in Brooklyn, New York. So for now, the switch is on. Welcome to The Oven Light. All right, let's go, folks. How are we doing today? Great. All right. This is exciting. (laughs) We're at ASB. We get to be the guinea pigs, right? We've been doing a podcast for A.B. Maori for over a year now, and we talk a lot about the baking industry. We've had Duff Goldman, if you know him from the Food Network, has been on. We've had Father Dom from PBS. He's known as the bread monk. We've also had Stephanie Pollack, who is a big influencer, right? That's a big term today, social influencer. She's got about a million followers and has a group called Bakefest. But in future episodes, we're going to be talking about beer, Raise your hand in the room if you'd like beer. Yeast does some pretty remarkable things. So we've got the keyboard player from the rock band Foreigner, a guy named Michael Bluestein that loves beer, and we're, we'll have him on a show. Anybody from the MTV set, maybe, growing up in that era? Sirius XM, a guy named Alan Hunter, one of the first MTV VJs. will be on talking about gluten-free baking. His family follows a gluten-free lifestyle. But for now, let's talk about ASB. We're excited that we're here in Chicago. Again, our guests are Teresa Watkinson, COO, Chief Operating Officer for Aladdin Bakers in Brooklyn, Nicole Reese, Product Director for AB Mari North America, and also Dana Dewey, who is our lab supervisor for Sweet Goods at AB Mari. All right, Teresa, welcome to the show. Thanks for having me. I'm excited that you're here. You're from Long Island, I'm guessing, right? Yes. (laughs) And uh, you went to NYU, you got a law degree at Hofstra, and you're baking. How did that whole journey like happen?
1: So I was an attorney for quite some time. I represented the owner of Aladdin Bakers in a personal matter, and then I represented the bakery in some complex commercial litigation. We were successful, and he was like, come on board. And my partner at the time wanted to retire. Why not? I would never have this opportunity again so I decided do it I could always be a lawyer I'm still a lawyer I keep up my CLEs <laughs> but I just jumped awesome and that's where I am
0: love that I mean it's a great story you were also if I recall the 2020 baking and snack operations executive of the year how was that award
1: surprising it was really interesting I think a lot of it had to do with Brooklyn being the epicenter, really, or New York City being the epicenter of the COVID pandemic. So how we dealt with it, it was, it was a challenging time for everyone, especially, I think, our area. But it was a great honor.
0: Absolutely. Well done. Okay, so we have some questions. We kind of do some rapid fire. We'll call them the hot pan today, right? How about that? Favorite baked good, Teresa? What is your favorite baked good of anything? When you see it, you got to have it.
1: We don't make it at Aladdin, but Pignoli.
0: Raise your hand in the studio audience. This is a studio audience. We never had this many people <laughs> in a conference room. So who knows what a pinoli is?
1: It's like a little almond cookie with pinoli, pine nuts. That's okay. It I yeah. got gotcha.
0: you. Well, ASB amazing. is a technical conference. We're trying to educate, and you just educated And I us. think
1: they're gluten-free.
0: Ah, there so. we go. Okay. <laughs> well, thank you for that. All right. A couple that are outside of bakery. First job and first car. You weren't expecting these,
1: well, first real job no, it or your
0: first summer job.
1: Well, when I was a kid, I used to go around my neighborhood and rake leaves, shovel driveways and plant flowers and mow lawns. When I was 10, I saved up enough money for a real lawnmower that like wasn't a push mower. A lot of people are too young to know what that is. But, yeah, I made a lot of money at when I was 10, a plan. Yeah. This
0: says a lot about Teresa.
1: I was a hard worker, you know, one yeah. of seven. So
0: Yeah, you're fighting at the dinner table. Just yes. to stay fed. <laughs> yes. Awesome. Awesome. All right, tell us a little bit more about Aladdin. I was looking up the business a little bit more. You've got a baked in Brooklyn kind of snack line with crisps and a little... Bread sticks and so you, you've got the bakery, fresh bakery side, but then you also have more the retail side.
1: So we have three divisions. We have an artisan bakery, and that is bread that is every piece is touched by a person, hand formed in some way. We have our so that's day bread that's for hotels, restaurants, schools, prisons. Then we have our longer shelf-life breads, which are our wraps, tortillas panini, bagels, pita. And then we have our snack division. Like you said, flatbread crisps, breadsticks, and pita chips. You got some pita chips in your little bags Mm -hmm. from us. Show of
0: hands if you've already eaten them and you like them. (laughs) All right. Thank you, sir. Thank you. All right. Awesome. Awesome. All right. So out of your portfolio of products, we already talked about your favorite baked good, but within your line, your lineup, what do you like? Or what's the one you're just like, wow, this is really cool how we make this? Pita chips for sure. That's
1: one thing that I eat pretty regularly. The sea salt, hands down, I think our favorite product.
0: Love that. That's awesome. How about you know you? A lot of things probably keep you up at night. You're an ops person. Certainly, you're a lawyer, so you have a different lens the way you kind of see things. We'll move on from COVID. But are there things that are out there that kind of keep you up at night or keep you energized? Like wow, I can't wait for tomorrow because I get to do this. What is that?
1: Things that keep me up at night, the price of flour. Um,
0: (laughs) A collective sigh in the room, thank you.
1: Things that really interest me are, you know, this idea of keto and where that could take us. A lot of bakers are probably scared of it, but, you know, we're moving towards embracing that whole market, you know, low-carb keto
0: kind of niche. I want to follow up on that because somebody in the studio audience, we don't get names, so I don't know who did it, but somebody asked about the future of the keto trend. Do you want to answer? I was going to ask Nicole, but Teresa, you're here. I what am
1: least able to answer that question out of these members.
0: I think we you turn uh, to your right. We're going to go to door number two. <laughs> Nicole Reese, we're going to jump in. What do you think about this trend?
2: Well, I think that it's here long term. And I'm going to back up a minute. Before we had keto, I think we have a bias towards wheat as um, what we know to work with when we're making baked goods. But the truth is, is that not everyone can eat wheat. And so first we talked about gluten-free and how that was it. Is that just a fad? Are people eating gluten-free because they really... Or really celiac, or is it just because they're on a special diet? And then it was ancient grains came in. Why? Because we needed them. Because if we weren't using wheat, we needed something else. And now we've kind of transferred over here into keto, and we're talking about making baked goods without grains sometimes, right? So to me, it's long term, it's possible to do. Honestly, Any type of dietary requirement, any special plan, if you do it well, if you can make a good cookie bread pizza, then it's going to stay. A trend's only going to die if it's awful. So if we're going to make bad keto bread, then keto bread's going to go away. If we make good keto bread, then people enjoy it. Then it's great because now we have diversity from all the baked goods that we get to choose from. That's my theory.
0: So Nicole, now that we've got you warmed up here, you're the first three-time guest on the Oven Light out of about 16 or 17 shows. How does that feel? I mean, this is this is like Saturday Night <laughs> Live, and you're Steve Martin. You got five in.
2: <laughs> it feels like you know when I come to the office. <laughs> I'm just teasing you. All no, right, I'm that honored. just got awkward. I actually. Yeah. I actually like the attention it makes me feel special <laughs> well you
0: are special and you've got great knowledge and we want people to know about it all right let's talk about some of the ingredient things that you've you've discussed with us in the past we've talked softeners we've talked emulsifiers we've talked sugar reduction clean label what are some things that maybe you're kind of working on right now that are heavy on the heart
2: Oh gosh, well, you know, we continue to build a portfolio as far as being able to lower sugar and make products that are still pretty amazing. I can't say I worked on it. I was just over trying to concentrate on bread and create you know, ingredients that would help on that side. But then of course, Dana out there just had to show everyone up and make a donut Mm -hmm. that was 50% less sugar, that tasted like an actual honest to God real donut. And that blew everyone's mind. Dana has a lot of fans at work. And what else are we working on? Texture. I mean, I think we go into baking because, well, I went into it because I like to eat baked goods. And that's either about the flavor or the texture. And so I think what's really exciting is talking about how we can actually help create just the right texture. If we're going to take sugar out, if we're gonna take fat out, if we're gonna adjust everything, if we're gonna make it you know, high fat, high protein, low carb, how do we keep the right texture? And so I think a lot of the new products that we've created that can address that are important to me because that's how we keep our fan base for baked goods. I don't know. I feel like sometimes we lose out to other products and people start turning away from baked goods. I don't want to see that happen. So it's up to us to keep them interested and it's up to the innovation teams to help make sure we can do that.
0: Excellent. Somebody had also written in a question asking about what are the ingredient gaps out there. So maybe texture is one of those where ingredients can help give you a different eating experience. So are there some other ones that maybe that companies can work on to, to make a better uh, experience for the consumer?
2: First, when you said that question about an ingredient gap, the first thing I thought of, and maybe I'm kind of jumping in the Danish territory, is yes, there's a gap because sometimes we just can't get that ingredient. So I would say for anybody who's been working at all in the past year in bakery, it's been a challenge to even get in the ingredients that you need. But as far as ingredients... For innovators to work with and data you should answer this i mean i think we always we're looking for more tools and we're looking for more tools that meet whatever the requirement is of the current today's consumer so if it's clean label well i mean do we have everything we need in that area i feel like there's lots of going on the plant protein side a lot of it's about nutritional protein fortification but what about functional do we have everything we need on functional proteins do we have everything we need on functional fats i think there's a lot more area to grow on so I think there's a lot of innovation that needs to be done, but I think it's happening slowly.
0: Awesome. Thank you, Nicole. A couple points of interest since we are at ASB, the American Society of Baking, this is a big week for us. This is the 99th, if I believe I got the right number, ASB conference here in Chicago. Next year is already scheduled February 27th, 29th of 2024, and that's the 100th anniversary. That's pretty exciting. So excited that we've got a great audience. It's amazing. If I tried to count by individual person here, I'd need everybody's fingers and toes here on the panel, and we're not going to do that. That would be weird. All right. So hi, Dana. Hello. Dana recently got a great promotion. She heads up our sweet good side for our innovation team and our R&D team. But I'm not going to talk about donuts. We're going to come back to that. You've got more of a food science background, including five years in the wine business. Great things that yeast helps make. Tell us about it.
3: So I went to school at the University of Missouri, and I got my degree in food science. And they were also starting a new enology and viticulture program there. And I was like, well, that seems interesting. I want to know more about that. And I hadn't <laughs> found fully the bakery side of it yet. And so I was still kind of figuring out what I wanted to do. So I got an internship in making wine, and I just stuck around for quite a while and worked in the winery and then worked in the vineyard and learned it all.
0: It's funny. We never get samples of wine in the office. What's that all about?
3: I know a shame.
0: Uh, well, your nickname is Dana Donut at least I'm terming it here for the rest of the audience to know from here on out. So tell us about this special donut that you created using less sugar, and it gives you the great bite, gives you the great taste and the flavor that Nicole was talking about.
3: Yeah, there's so many new technologies out there now that I feel like Nicole said, like a lot of people shied away from eating some of these trends or the trends went away because we didn't have the right technology, but there's so many things that are just getting better. So replacing sugar, you know, we have the right bulking agents the replace the sugar, and then we also have new sweeteners that... It's not usually just one that you can do to replace kind of that good, sweet taste of sugar, but it's using multiple of them. So using combining both of that together, so really being able to replace both parts of it in a donut is able to
0: done. All right, let's take the pressure off the panel real quick. We're gonna go across the board since we're talking donuts. Dana, favorite donut. Yeast, cake in a specific style.
3: Apple fritters for sure.
0: Ooh, that's that's heavy. That's kinda high end. Okay. Breaking out the wallet on that one. What do you got, Nicole?
2: Well, I used to like all the fancy donuts, but now that I work with Dana, what I want is just one of those old fashioned or cake donuts right off the fryer. Unglazed, unfrosted. No,
0: you gotta glaze that thing, don't you?
2: No, but you Lather mean. Lather it on. When it's fresh low. like Warm, that, if yeah. you just have a cup of coffee and you go in and she gives you one of those donuts, it's amazing. It's amazing.
0: Well, great to disagree. But the donut base is great. <laughs> I, I, I love that, Nicole. <laughs> what do you got, Teresa?
2: So, I gave up
1: donuts a long time ago. Oh. Yeah, sorry. Wow. (laughs)
0: Um, Sorry, the oven light is now off.
1: But my all-time favorite growing up was that Entenmann's, like, the The, one that had the the crumbs crumbs on top.
0: Chocolate or the regular? Chocolate, hands down. Yeah. That's the devil's food crumb, if I know. Anybody in the audience confirm that? (laughs) Okay. They are good. Amazing. I don't know that they sell them anymore. I think they're gone. No, 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 no. They're still out there. Oh. Yeah, Yeah, they're out there. Okay. I'm going to find some. I might not eat it, though. We're (laughs) (laughs) going to work on that. Teresa, we're going to work on that. My favorite, if anybody cares, I don't know, is Boston Cream. I think Boston Cream is good. I didn't Mm -hmm. want to say that with a New Yorker on the panel. I thought I would get some bad (laughs) stares, but here we are. So, Dana, back to you Mm -hmm. on the sweet goods side. What are the things you're working on? You know, this was not a huge part of the portfolio for our company Mm -hmm. several years ago, but all of a sudden, it's right there, right? The industrial sweet goods market.
3: Yeah, so we're doing a lot of the cake and donut mixes and bases and concentrates, but now we're trying to also incorporate some of that new technology into it. So really focusing on how can we make it different for these customers, but also utilizing, like Nicole was saying, there's so many shortages out there. So our starch shortages, how can we create something when that's an issue? So trying to create something that's not gonna like need starch in it. So a cake, a cream cake, Without starch is kind of a focus that we're lurking into and utilizing those new technologies to when you take out one ingredient you can't just always replace it with another one egg reductions the same you know taking out an egg so simple that you need usually like 10 different ingredients to replace it but it's working on those kind of things cuz we really want to make it still indulgent and really exciting for people to eat and not that healthy boring sweet good item
0: is that exciting as a food scientist where you've got this opportunity to kind of work on these things right eggs continue to be in the news sometimes mm-hmm. it's bird flu sometimes it's just the cost of the eggs and other issues supply is that kind of keeping you- going?
3: Yeah. And it's also daunting. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah. But it's, it's been a lot of fun to work on and kind of expand into different areas and see where the challenges are. And is it easy in this field? Yeah, sure. Maybe, but you get into this kind of category and all of a sudden it's a whole new playing field. So.
0: Oh, I appreciate that. Okay. Quick little sidebar. We do have an email address called the oven We encourage mail. Yes, please send us a note. And if you do, we'll send you a swag item. I'm not going to tell you what it is because I don't know what it is. We've got a whole laundry list of things. (laughs) It could be cool. It could be a total, like, bummer. But you'll get something. So send me an email, theovenlight at abmari.com. I'm the guy who checks it, right? I mean, and, and Trisha McNamara helps us a little bit too. So okay. Teresa, back to you. So you're a consumer facing company. You got a lot going on, a lot of areas. What are some consumer trends that you guys have maybe have your eye on from a you know product category or application standpoint?
1: So right now, I think that a lot of consumers are more concerned about much they're paying for everything they put on their plate. So we're really concerned with quality. You know, if we can give a quality product, consumers are willing to pay a little bit more for a lot more quality. I see that there tends to be a race to the bottom and we're trying to maintain our quality
0: without hurting our consumer. Is there anything else, Nicole, on your side that from a trend standpoint, you're like, I mean, you're a mom, right? And you're a consumer as well. You're not just this mm-hmm really incredible writer and product developer but you are you, you you're kind of multitasking so what, what's what's out there that you keep your eye on
2: i really do love the idea um that we have so many tools that we can make a lot of foods nutritious for kids so i love the fact that i can you know buy bars or buy bakery goods for my daughter and like the tortilla sheets she has no idea that they're high fiber and so i i love that that's possible and I mean, quite honestly, a lot of what we learn in baking, just the tools that we have to have, like, okay, prices of eggs are going up, how do we use less egg and then you know going back to Dana she also created the first vegan cake that I can say really honestly is a a good cake like a cake that I would pick up and have with coffee in the morning I love that in the future we're going to have a lot more of that my daughter's going to see foods that I never would have dreamed of where we're going to be able to tailor make everything so that you still get the great texture but it may not have as much sugar it may not have as much fats that are unhealthy for you it may be higher in protein there's going to be all these benefits so I think that that's really exciting.
0: Dana how about you? You're a newer mom as well. You've got a growing family. How about you? You've got a different angle on things too.
3: Yeah. I like going to the grocery store and just seeing always new items and I'm like, who makes this and where is it from? And I think that there's so many chances out there for people to kind of come into the industry and still survive and make great new products and they're you're not just your standard products there's going to be something unique about it and like to Nicole's point that there's you know they're packed with maybe fiber or something and you don't even know it and the kids don't care about it because they're looking at something else that's maybe on the label or you know visually it's appealing to them so there's so many just fun things out there now that it's making waves
0: I do enjoy that and I think we're going to go across the panel here talking about like new products when you're walking through the grocery store and you get exposed to one and I found one a couple years ago during the pandemic at an Ace Hardware in Florida and now you see them everywhere Dots pretzels anybody out there Mm -hmm. passionate for these things now they have a cinnamon one that's like a dessert pretzel they're outstanding but whatever the seasoning is it's crack like Teresa do you have anything that you've liked in the last six months you're like I gotta have it it's now part of my food set it's my shopping list every time there are these
1: pretzel flats that just do it for me. They're like smushed pretzels, like crisps. Pretzel crisps, they might be called. I don't even do you know. know who makes you don't them. know the maker? My husband
0: does the shopping. <laughs> <laughs> Is it the white and blue bag? And they have different colors, like white and green, white and red. No. Different flavors. No. All Mm-mm. right, we got to research this. All right, who wants to go to the grocery store here in Chicago? We all going as a group? I mean, that's like serious dollars. Nicole, how about you?
2: Well, I was thinking. Remember, we had that road trip recently together.
0: It was a full team. It just wasn't the two of us. We don't. <laughs> well, we don't just galavan and, and do our oven light on the road. Well, we I like.
2: That. I, I like to think that it was the fun car. Except there was all that 80s music trivia, and actually, I earned my place in the back seat, so I'm proud. That was good. But you you let us stop at any convenience mart that I want to stop in because I like to see what's for sale. I like the candy aisle. I like the junk aisle. I like to see everything that's in. I like road food. And remember that little... Not
0: road kill. Just want to make sure <laughs> road food, right? Okay. It
2: depends on how hungry I am. That little packaged, it was cornflakes and it was like a peanut butter, butterscotch kind of... I've never seen that company before. It
0: was darn good, wasn't it? It was really yeah.
2: amazing. We tried a whole bunch of things and I have to say that my picks were a little bit better than yours for that trip. Uh, yeah, I think they were. but it inspired me so much that I had to go back home and create a whole new like cereal bar thing for my daughter based on what we found in the convenience mart that was exciting it,
0: it reminded me at Christmas time anybody ever heard of those things called green leaves right you make cornflakes oh. you dye them green yeah. and red and it almost looks like holly leaves it was like that but it was peanut butter flavored and it was outstanding it
3: was, mm. it was really
2: good yeah it was really good
0: all right, how about you, Dana?
3: So changing out of baking but into the alcohol aisle, there's so many. <laughs> sorry. I like this gal. <laughs> but there's so many, like, not only the canned cocktails but already prepared cocktails that make it so easy that, you know, if you want to make a fun cocktail at home, I have all these cocktail books, but I can't make anything because I don't have all the ingredients. So I can just buy them conveniently in the store now, and it makes it easy for at night And to nobody enjoy. knows the
0: difference, right? You could use it as a base for another drink, too. For sure, here. Yeah absolutely okay so which one do you like
3: uh so they have some really good old-fashioned mixes that tend towards that yeah
0: all right quick show of hands i know this is a baking program but we do make yeast and other things show of hands who's ever bought one of those canned cocktails at a bar or at a grocery store or anything like that all right that's at least 50 percent. that's pretty good okay the
3: others are just hiding they have as well i know they're
0: embarrassed but that's okay there's no embarrassment in there all right, let's, um, we're, we're going to get ready to wrap up here, but a couple little housekeeping items for those. Again, this is the first time we've done this. We're the guinea pigs for the American Society of Baking podcast, so we thank you for the studio audience here. It's the biggest audience I think we'll ever have unless we we move to Bush Stadium in St. Louis, but it gives us something to reach for, right? If you want to know about ASB in the future, you can just hop on their website. It's asbe.org. I already talked about next year's show. It'll be February 27th to the 29th. 2024. Uh, Teresa, anything, final parting shots you want to get out? This is your one chance to get in front of this audience that is here live and as well as the, the audience will be listening in their cars or in their office here in a couple weeks.
1: I would say if you guys are the bosses here, you should promote your employees to come. It's a huge opportunity to mentor or be mentored. And if you don't see that value yet, you will by the end of this. And you should promote more bakers and allies to come.
0: Well, you can't get a better like service announcement for that, right? <laughs> Thank you, Teresa. How about you, Nicole? Any parting shots like what you want to get out of the next few days? Anything on the days ahead for you?
2: Well, I was just going to go back to what Teresa said. Wasn't last year your first? It was. That's Yeah. So considering last year was your first time here, that's pretty high price. That's really amazing. So what do I think for the next few days? I love to see familiar faces. I love to meet new faces. I love that... Every year, this group changes just a little bit, a little bit, and I think we're more diverse than we ever have been. I think we represent different parts of the baking industry better, and I don't know. It's been fun meeting new people. I'd love it.
1: By the way, I consider her one of my
0: mentors. So,
2: <laughs> thank you.
0: <laughs> All right, this is good stuff. We got relationships uh, being built as we speak. <laughs> Dana, how about you?
3: This is actually my first time here, so I've been. It's been a great experience so far, and I've been doing several of the. Uh, Society of... Ba- Bakery ba- Women. Bakery Women, yeah. thank you. I've gone to a couple of those events now, and it's just amazing to see the diversity and all of that and how many women there are here, and it's just been really welcoming and exciting to see kind of the energy that's going on.
0: I was speaking with Lori Gordon, who was long-timer with and Publishing last night at the Bakery Women event, and she talked, I can't remember how far back, but it was at least... Maybe 30, 40 years. And mm-hmm. she said, I remember going to an event and I was the only female. There's one other who was like a bakery plant manager, and that's it. There are two people. So to see that crowd last night and to see the professionalism, skills, and the expertise was really exciting. So yeah. I'm glad you could join. So for now, Teresa, Nicole, Dana, thank you for joining us at ASB. Hope everybody has a great rest of their time. Keep listening. We'll be talking more about beer, yeast beer wine and spirits and all that good stuff on the oven light but for now the switch is off we'll see you next time we hope you've enjoyed this episode of the oven light until next time when we discuss more about the wonderful world of baking technology trends and more the switch is officially off goodbye for now see you next time